This is the Eat.News podcast, powered by Back of House, where we cover the biggest restaurant and food service industry headlines. This week, we're revisiting Omicron and taking a look at how it's impacted the restaurant industry since the highly contagious variant first appeared just over a month ago. Plus, we're chatting about a looming Supreme Court decision and a big new move from Sweetgreen. It's Thursday, January 6th. I'm Claudia Sarek. In today's top story, we discuss the impact we've seen on the restaurant industry from the Omicron variant since first appearing in November. For more details, we go to Back of House reporter Grace Dickinson. Hi, Grace. Welcome back. Thanks, Claudia. Happy to be here. So with the arrival of Omicron, it feels like restaurants are suddenly facing situations not too different from that of early on in the pandemic. Yeah, so unfortunately, that's correct. We're now seeing coronavirus cases soaring to their highest levels yet. And to no one's surprise, restaurants are feeling the impact. We've seen droves of closures in recent weeks all across the country. And we know Delta initially caused a drop in people dining out. I'm curious if Omicron has done the same. Yeah, so when Omicron first took to the news and we saw cases starting to spike, we did see a dramatic decrease in people dining out. So take, for example, December 19th. When you look at data on that day from Open Table, the number of diners seated at restaurants across the U.S. was 33% lower than on that same date in 2019. Then on Christmas, we saw an 81% decrease in seated diners compared to just two years ago. Wow. And are the numbers continuing to drop? So there is some good news emerging here about Omicron. Now that we've lived through a few weeks of it, we're seeing more and more evidence that suggests the variant's milder than previous versions of the virus, and it may even be less effective at entering the lungs. Omicron is still predicted to wreak havoc on the unvaccinated, and hospitals nationwide are facing a risk of becoming overwhelmed across the next few weeks. But current hospitalization rates aren't matching the severe spike we're seeing in actual case levels. And the booster shots are proving to be significantly effective at protecting against severe illness from Omicron and protecting people from going to the hospital. Yeah. So that's good news for vaccinated people who want to dine out for sure. Exactly. Now that we know a little bit more about Omicron, people may be feeling more comfortable about eating out and also just assessing their individual risks. If we look at open table data from December 30th, we see a 27% increase in seated diners as compared to 2019. And then on December 31st, again, there was a 15% increase in seated diners. But that doesn't mean restaurants aren't still dealing with plenty of challenges. Yeah, let's talk about some of those challenges that you're hearing from restaurant owners. So across the board, many restaurants are saying their greatest challenge remains staffing. And obviously, staffing has been a huge problem throughout the pandemic. But now we have this highly contagious variant, and we're seeing dozens and dozens of restaurants shutting down because of positive cases. Naturally, this is leading to staffing shortages, and many restaurants are choosing to close when there's just a staff COVID exposure out of precaution, and it can take days for those test results to arrive. Yeah. So how are restaurant owners feeling about the revised CDC isolation guidelines then? Yeah. So if you get sick, the CDC essentially cut the self-quarantine window in half from 10 days to five days. This means if you're feeling better after five days and you don't have a fever, you can now return to work as long as you wear a mask for an additional five days. But unfortunately, many restaurant owners say this is only helping so much. The bigger problem here is perhaps testing. Right. Owners simply can't find tests fast enough for staff who've been exposed. And we've all seen the testing lines that are wrapping around the block in cities across the country. Plus, 
at-home tests are selling out regularly at pharmacies as soon as they hit the shelves. And if employers can't find tests, this can mean delaying a restaurant from reopening. Yeah, I mean, certainly my friends and family have had a lot of struggles finding tests. And so I can only imagine what restaurant operators and restaurant staff are going through right now. So not an ideal situation. Um, So because of just how contagious this variant is, we're also seeing new waves of vaccine mandates emerging in cities. Can you talk to us more about that? Yeah. So back in the wake of Delta, that's when we first started seeing these vaccine mandates announced. Cities like New Orleans, New York City, and San Francisco all announced mandates requiring proof of vaccination for indoor dining. Then when Omicron hit, LA joined that list with Philly following shortly behind. And now we're seeing cities including Boston, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. all announcing vaccine mandates for indoor dining. It's expected as case levels continue to rise that other cities may follow suit. And public health experts are saying local officials should take a few factors into account. This includes the number of hospitals in the area, their ability to expand, and also the local booster rates in the area, since boosters have been shown to be pretty effective against Omicron. Yeah. So I know this is a really tough question to answer, but any idea when Omicron might start to slow down a bit? Yeah, the expectation is sometime in January. Experts are predicting a peak anywhere from the next one to two weeks up until the end of January. And then fortunately, they're predicting a subsequent decline. Yeah, well, hopefully we get to that decline phase sooner rather than later. Thanks so much for joining us, Grace. Thanks, Claudia. Happy to be here. As cities implement vaccine mandates, some restaurants are taking things a step further. The San Francisco Chronicle notes that several Bay Area restaurants have gone so far as to require booster shots to dine indoors at their establishment, a practice which has popped up at individual restaurants in several other markets as well. As Omicron continues to surge, it remains to be seen whether booster mandates will become more widespread. On the national front, President Joe Biden's nationwide vax or test mandate for large companies heads to the Supreme Court this week. At issue is whether the federal government can require vaccination of workers at healthcare facilities and companies with over 100 employees. The mandate arrives at the Supreme Court following a series of appeals and legal challenges. And while SCOTUS has upheld several state vaccine mandates in previous rulings, it's unclear whether they will do the same for such a sweeping federal policy. Texas has become the latest state to enact legislation meant to protect restaurants against predatory practices from third-party delivery sites that went into effect January 1st. SB 911 was first introduced in March of last year and includes several protective provisions, including mandating that fees are agreed to in writing, barring third-party apps from using a restaurant's trademark without consent, and dictating that restaurants requesting removal from an app are accommodated within 10 days. Salad behemoth Sweetgreen is testing out a subscription loyalty program aptly named SweetPass. The $10 service, available for purchase until January 16th, allows customers to nab daily discounts on meals for a month, with the goal to create a more personalized experience for customers. That and to churn up a whole lot of lettuce as people chase their New Year diet goals. 
Saying that McDonald's has locations everywhere is nothing new, but Italy recently imposed some limitations on the fast food giant's global expansion, declaring that the company could not build a drive through location beside the ancient Roman baths of Caracalla, marking the end of a lengthy legal battle. The ruling cited the importance of protecting cultural heritage, though Americans would note that access to chicken nuggets when you need them is also very important. Finally, your mileage on this last story may vary depending on how you feel about mayo. South Carolina football head coach Shane Beamer received an interesting reward for his team's victory in the second installment of the Duke's Mayo Bowl last week. A victory bath and, you guessed it, a cooler full of the iconic southern condiment, which was dumped over his head in celebration. Hopefully there was enough bacon, lettuce, and tomato handy to ensure it didn't go to waste. That's all for this week, folks. Bye-bye. Yeah.